this is Melissa Cohn, and I'm here to talk about marketing to millennials. And, oh my gosh! And with me is Chris Mercer from Blue Shoe Strategy, who works with my company on our social media and marketing strategy, and probably knows more than anyone about how to market and how to market to the millennials. Well, they're the hardest. I, can I just say, and just interrupt you right there and say, I feel like I know a lot about marketing to a lot of people. Millennials have been an enigma for a while. We finally just started figuring them out. So that's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you figured them out. <laughs> I have two millennial daughters, and I have not yet figured them out. Well, there you go. Um, I didn't mean that, kids. <laughs> we, um, we were really excited when you asked us to put together a presentation for your team. And basically what I thought we could do is just roll out some of the things that we presented to your team and how they found it interesting around the millennials. But let's just talk about the millennials as a group and to recognize that unlike our generation, okay, we're really two generations out from the millennials, but we'll just pretend we're one generation out. You know, we went to work uh, or got married after college in our 20s and we really settled into careers. We didn't make a lot of changes. We got married. We then hung out with whomever we married and their friends, et cetera. But the millennials is a different crowd. First of all, they don't really think so much about the future. They hang out in herds. They do hang out in herds. They do. I wish they would buy real estate in herds, well, too. You know what? It's interesting because I think from the real estate point of view, if someone starts to figure out a way to sell apartments to the new millennials coming in, because they do live together, and sometimes they live together in quite large groups. They'll take a four-bedroom, a five-bedroom, and they'll bring ten people in, and they're very comfortable having common areas like they did in college. So they take that college experience and they moved it out into their 20s. And the other thing that's interesting about them is they're not set on their careers. So while they're very hardworking, or some of them are, they're very hardworking, they also aren't loyal to the point of they won't make a move. So if they feel that it's good for them and their future, they will move around. So you don't have the same IBM loyalty that our generation did right out of the gate. Absolutely not, and I think part of that stems from the fact that they grew up through the Great Recession uh, starting in 2008, and many yeah. of them got out of college and found it very difficult to get a job. When they got a job, it was low paying. Many of them lived with their parents for a number of years. They order. still are, by the way. Many of them still are. No, and I know that, and they, and they live with their parents because they can't afford to live in the same lifestyle on, by themselves. And I think we need to recognize that they do have that, you know, recession mentality, and many of them are now, you know, as they go into their later 20s, are finding great success, and now are earning good money and have great jobs. Well, what's interesting is they're, they're willing to spend their money on their lifestyle, and the things they enjoy doing and wearing and buying. They are not willing to put money away. So they don't have savings accounts. They don't have large chunks. They're not putting away something every paycheck. And they're not willing to spend huge amounts on things like housing. So where they live is less important in terms of the physicality of it. They might pick a neighborhood, but they'll take a crummy apartment in that neighborhood because they want to enjoy the life of that neighborhood. So they're much more about lifestyle, and who's to say that's wrong? In some ways, it's really, I think, interesting. But because of that, they have no credit rating, and it's not that they have a bad credit rating. They don't have a credit no, rating. No, they pay cash. Most of them maybe exactly. have an American Express card, and they pay cash, which is you know a complete turnaround from our generation where we put everything on credit cards. Right. 
and then basically lived off of the minimum monthly payments. And I don't think the millennial crowd wants to do that or wants to ever feel that they're in a squeeze because they spent more money than they can afford to. Right. Well, they, they're, they're spending their money, but they're spending it on, on experiences rather than uh, investments for their future. And we should probably define a millennial is a per person reaching young adulthood around the year 2000. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the industry brims with theories on what makes them tick. So, but now the data is really, really coming, sort of coming through. Okay, so um, they're just now starting to go into the home buying market. Okay. I agree, and there's actually a very interesting fact, um, is that the average down payment of a millennial is less than 10% of the purchase price of the home, where the average oh, down payment for us older folks is much closer to 20% or more. Well, and that just shows you that the millennials have either not been willing to save, or they finally save just enough to get into that home. Um, well, the tipping point has just happened. Last year, the increase was 21% of increased millennial participation in urban home purchases. So if you're a real estate broker, this is your moment, you know, and you should definitely be marketing to them. Now, let's talk about how you market. Um, I know this is, we only have 15 It's actually 25% now, millennials. Oh, are, okay. Are, well, and, that, yeah, you're 2014. first-time home buyers. So it's nice to see that the percentage of uh, the millennials is growing in terms of home ownership because I think home ownership is probably one of the first great steps in, in order to establish their own financial security and future. Okay. The thing about millennials is they're very loyal to the person. So if you want to start to market your services to the millennials, you have to be in their herd. And what will happen is they don't go online and research. They're not going to research rates. No, they follow relationships. They I agree do. with you a thousand yep. percent. Well, I mean, this, this is data-driven, so it's not even our opinion. This is, you know, these are facts that are, are now established. So what does that mean? What that means is you have to provide these millennial herds with information and content that's relevant to them. And once you get into a herd and once you start providing a service for that herd, then the rest of the herd will come along with you. Now, also, interestingly enough, their parents, in a good chunk of cases, are also giving them some of the money for the down payment. Yes, the bank of mom and dad is very popular. Exactly. So if you're a broker and you've helped someone purchase a home 20 years ago and they had a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old then, it's worth it for you to you know, spend a little bit of time going back to that group that you sold to back then and say, hey, if your kids are interested in the market, I'd love to be able to show them. In other words, your doorway in will be friends or family. And if you're too, you know, if your age bracket doesn't make you a friend, then you can certainly go in through the parental route. Because no, I agree. And I actually get a lot of calls from not only children and now grandchildren of people I helped finance 30 years ago. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, so making sure you keep in touch with those people who may not be your client for any other reason than they have a kid is, yeah. is super, super important. I think important. maintaining contact and relationship is for every generation. I know, it's funny, right? But especially the millennials. I mean, look at how much time they spend on Facebook, how much information about their lives they share. We need to, as people who want to market and do business with the millennials, become part of that crowd in a certain sense. I'm certainly not going to wear what they wear or go hang out at the bars. I but don't know. I think you look pretty cool. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Um, but, but understanding, you know, their thinking and mm -hmm. becoming friends with their friends. And 
Well, the other thing is if you look at where they hang. So, for example, they will hang at the alumni clubs for their colleges. They join clubs in New York. There's a lot of New York City clubs, by the way, that um, millennials have joined. So you can certainly go in the doorways of the places in which they play. But in addition to that, I think that the real estate opportunity, which hasn't been established yet, I do think it's selling to a little bit of a younger millennial, like a 25-year-old millennial, to say, look, if the four of you buy this apartment together, then you will pay less than your rent and you'll have equity in something for later, which also, by the way, doesn't really interest them that much. But if you can show them that it's a better buy for them, they're not afraid to collectively do things together, and that kind of investment would work. Now, my question to you is, is it hard for them to get a mortgage if they start buying in clumps that are, are not marriage-based? The answer is no. It's no different than an unmarried older couple like <laughs> like me, um, where you can absolutely – generally banks like to see no more than four people on a mortgage application. Okay. But I have seen people who have bought in a group of six or eight – and put only three or four people on that mortgage application. When you buy together, while they may not be on the application because they may not have the proper credit or just too many people, they do own the property and they do sign off on the mortgage note. Okay. I have to tell you, I think that's a missed opportunity that real estate brokers are not taking a big enough moment with. I don't think anybody's really established that for the millennials yet, but I think it's a really easy sell. I Which do. Is, I agree with you. And what's really interesting is that brokers who rent apartments have figured it out. They understand. Oh, uh, and, but the fact that they're not converting it, or they are, but not as much as we would hope to having them buy with that same crowd. Well, it's interesting. So we took the average um, Murray Hill, big millennial area to live in, um, uh, you know, downtown, west side, Gramercy Park. Okay, so if the average two-bedroom apartment down there is $6,000 a month, right? Yes. But the sale of it is somewhere under 600000 divided by four. You know, it may be a walk-up, but you, you can still find those. Divide that by four, it's not such a big investment for them. You're talking about a ten dollars to $20,000 down payment. And, well, not only that, what a little bit more maybe, but not only that. I do the numbers, she does. Okay. <laughs> um, but the most important thing is it also helps the millennials to establish a real credit rating, which is very important when you want to go out and do something else. Mm -hmm. Banks, when you're making applications for mortgages, want to see that people have three or four active trade lines, meaning credit cards that they use and that they pay back. And many banks want to see that people have one installment loan. Now, unfortunately, There's a lot a, of our kids have student loans, yeah. and that, that will qualify as the installment right. loan. But making a good payment record on a mortgage really helps to maintain like a great credit rating and the ability to get more credit when you want it. Right. So wrapping up, I just want to say that um, millennials are coming into the real estate market. The numbers are growing, growing, growing. You must market to them from within their clumps that they hang out with. And that the best thing, I think, in terms of new opportunities for real estate brokers is to try to sell to more than one person who is not engaged or getting married to that person. I just hope they all buy no matter what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Chris.